0: Hello everyone, and welcome to this week's Messiah Monday message. This week, our topic is knowledge and uh, discipline, slash learning. And with that, it brings us to Proverbs chapter 12, verses 1 through 7. i um, excited to, to go through this and cover this, because um, yes, I absolutely love the book of Proverbs. I feel like it's very cut and dry and logical which is generally how I operate on things, or I like to think I do. So, here is the passage, followed by my three takeaways. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. A good man obtains favor from the Lord, but a man of evil devices he condemns. No one is established by wickedness. But the root of the righteous will never be moved. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband. But she who brings shame is like rottenness to his bones. The thoughts of the righteous are just. The counsels of the wicked are deceitful. The words of the wicked lie in wait for blood. But the mouth of the upright delivers them. The wicked are overthrown and are no more but the house of the righteous will stand. So I start my main points with the the first verse because, in my opinion, I feel like it it hits the nail on the head by tying together knowledge and discipline, together. Because, I mean, who, without struggles and conflict, has, you know, a real incentive to learn, is the way I see it. it's like, I just say, I'll bring running into this as an example it's like if someone wins every single race that they run are they going to be really super coachable do you think because they're like well shoot i can do no wrong i'm going to win every race i have all this talent and blah 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 so with that i think for a lot of us we learn all of most of our lessons i mean everyone's different teach his or her own feel like we learn the most in sort of our you know our downturns um when we're when, when we're challenged and as you call it in in sports uh, maybe a rebuilding season where we we don't win every game maybe we we lose a decent bit more than we win but the point is those losses where we're learning from them and we're not making our same mistakes over and over again romans 8 Twenty-five talks about how we hope for what we do not have and thus each day when we wake up we have the opportunity and, to have God lead us by little by little bringing these hopes closer to being into reality now verse 2 is uh, well the second point here is really a conglomeration uh, couplet by cleft Klep- couplet of uh, each of the next six verses and what they mean because um, I see them as really you know direct lessons um, of how to be kept from led, being led astray and having the Lord in the foreground or in the forefront towards reaching our goals. Verses 2 through 3 really address um, the importance of God being in our favor versus um, having him be overshadowed by sin and wickedness in our lives, which point of the matter is we should strive ahead because of of true goodness in in the Lord and helping others um, reach that point as well and not necessarily be getting super amped up over bringing people down a peg more the the vengeful and wicked side of that four through five talks about excellence in our relationships and yes it brings up specifically a wife and a husband but i i see this as it could be you know taken as any part of the family and any member of the family really it's any one person that is doing great uh great things is a crown to whoever, family, or, um, you know, friend group or relation group that that's there. And really what we're doing as, you know, parts of the family is we need to be looking at whether it's our significant other or family member and be working to see them how God sees them. And that you know, goes both ways. On one hand, it's you know, wanting more for them than they want for themselves, which means that if they're you know, slacking off, we have to you know, be praying on it and say, hey, we need, we need to step this up. More of the same notion, if they are you know, chasing some of the wrong things um, and just not having God lead them here or there, we need to be loving them first and not you know, judging. We need to be, which is really, really, really hard, but the point is, is we need to be intentional with folks and saying, hey, um, how would, uh, just ask yourself, well, I say, I say that this because I have this little bracelet here that says, what would Jesus do? Think about what would, on the flip side, if you're a parent, what would God the Father say? Or how would would Jesus view this person in my life? And with that, we pray and we get um, guidance because taking it back to the, to the spouse side of things, by seeing her the way God sees her, we can find that excellence, even if they might not even see it in themselves. Help, uh, help them to, to bring it out. And it will be like the first time you've ever seen them. Just over and over again. And I feel like that's how God sees us. It's like holding your child for the first time. Uh, I How I would imagine that would be like, because, well, I don't have any kids yet, but I just, you know, going back to that first part, we hope for what we don't have, right? So part of, you know, God working through us is going to our loved ones and saying, hey, let's, you know, we we are going to be changing throughout time, but let's keep constant in the Lord and constant really in in what he had for us and you know not letting our gifts go to waste like say someone's uh, good at painting allow them to you know keep up on that maybe turn into something that that glorifies the lord or maybe they are gifted at speaking or making people laugh making people smile or maybe they're good at athletics Maybe they're, you know, really good at reading and interpreting uh, books, telling stories. You know, just help them, Uh, whoever comes into your life, help them find themselves. And by doing so, well, helping them first find the Lord, then they'll truly see, looking inside themselves, that he must increase, um, I, you, me, or us must decrease. And from that, they'll then discover, with God coming through, that they'll be the people that they were always meant to be. And from that, we work as a family in the body of Christ to facilitate that. And verses 6 and 7 emphasize, well, last time, last part I was talking about empathizing with folks and seeing, God, seeing them the way God sees them. And in here, you could really say the same um, because love and righteousness should always come <laughs> before, um, you know, I, as I said here, being bloodthirsty and full of hate. I mean, yes, it's in some cases we can, you know, say, well, shoot, having an angry performance uh, in vengeance in sports, you can have some really epic. Um, games or performances from that, but really, hate is just destructive. I mean, it might get our energy up slightly and be, you know, one way of extreme intense motivation, but I don't know, just seeing someone suffer or seeing Someone be brought down just for the sake of, you know, knocking someone off. I just don't like that. And I just feel like it's not godly, and God doesn't want us to be doing that. He will do this. He will be the source of justice. We don't need to, you know, um, take his place on that. And, heck, we shouldn't be taking his place on any of that. So my point here is that if you're ever thinking that you're, uh, that life is a zero-sum game, and you're in that frame of mind, I'm saying pray. Because there, are so, there is just so much out there, and this is coming from an economist where you call it the dismal science of you know learning how to optimize and be efficient with scarce resources. What I'm talking about here, the scarce resources that we have in this life, really, it, it's time. Because, I mean, we only get so much time here. And if we're spending most of our time, you know, looking at knocking people off, I mean, how much more time are we having to start back from square one because we have to rebuild all these freaking folks. And they also are looking back and saying, shoot, you were acting out of hate. Why the heck would I ever let you help rebuild me? You were wanting to knock me down for the sake of knocking me down. Which then leads back to, you know forgiveness which we could go on and talk have about five or six more sermons out, off of that alone but the point is is life when we focus on the Lord and focus on love and righteousness and you know instead of looking at it as you know I really hope that person in this race hits uh, their foot on a sewer cover and face plants and uh, and I beat them. It's just, ugh, I just hate that. Versus, well, I don't like that. I feel like I would rather, you know, improve my racing versus see someone else, you know, eat it or not do as well. And likewise, I mean, we have the greatest force in the universe behind us. We have the greatest team ever in the body of Christ. It's like we shouldn't be, you know, wanting to play spoiler or knockoff and rain in on people's parades. Even if they are doing the other things, but we should be wanting for them and saying, Hey, you know, you have this uh, you have this all wrong. It's like you're seeing everything in black and white. And what I can offer you, what, what Jesus can offer you, is seeing this life and these victories and these successes in color, in multicolor, in 3D it's like going from drawing a stick figure uh, diagram of of success and how to attain it to having a 3D visual hologram that you can basically put on your head and experience it yourself. Point of the matter here is that God is working with us to find solutions in life and is not, you know, just around to help us, you know, build knowledge or build you know, a win-loss record of our intelligence by proving, us, proving other folks wrong. Point is, is, it's like, if you just prove someone wrong for the sake of proving someone wrong, or saying, ah, gotcha, what does that accomplish? Find a solution. Or if you're going to prove someone wrong, do it with the solution. Like, come on, if we're thinking about things in terms of math, it's like, it's one thing to tell someone that 2 plus 2 does not equal 5. But the easiest way you can do that, show them that they're wrong, is by showing them that 2 plus 2 equals 4 and prove it. And that's how we should be progressing ahead in our lives, focusing on what equals 4 versus what not equals 4. Or from these other things. And yes, that's me getting on my soapbox. But then again, isn't this um, sort of me on the soapbox a little bit? No, it's not. It's Holy God, coming through me if I am. Alright, so basically this last point is really a, a wrap up of this, which is in conclusion, we learn from being open to the Lord guiding us. Whichever season we are in, we must value the gift of learning and bring it ahead so we grow in faith, hope, and love um, over the rest of our lives. Point is don't act out of hate, act out of love. Be learning and learning so we can grow our love and grow the good things in our lives and not just get rid of the bad or disprove folks. Cuz I'll tell you, what I'm seeing a lot of in this situation with the coronavirus is a lot there's a lot of people going he said, she said. This is bad, this is good. And, you know, I would have done things, you know, this way or that way or this way was wrong. And I'm just saying, well, if, what is it? Coulda, woulda, shoulda. And if ifs and buts were fruits and nuts, we have a fruit pie. So just get over it. This is a tough time for a lot of folks. Be praying. People are not at their, their best right now. And as a result, we all should be leaning on the Lord. And this is when we can have some truly amazing things happen and some memories that we will have for the rest of our lives. And let's not make it just this period of time that we all watched Tiger King and um, complained about the whole world shutting down. Let's be active, let's be intentional, and let's be marching forward and learning from, from this time Because we only get this, we only pass this way but once. Thank you.